0: Hello there and welcome to the Roots to Networking podcast brought to you by Hamilton Barnes. Here at Hamilton Barnes, we're a specialist, recruitment consultancy in the technology space, covering
1: everything from enterprise networking, telecoms, security, fiber, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Security Vendor spin-off series of the Roots to Networking. I'm Lewis West and I head up the cybersecurity team here at Hamilton Barnes. Today, I'd like to introduce a very special guest, uh, Joe Griffiths, uh, the Advanced Threat Service Team Lead over at Fujitsu. Joe has only been at Fujitsu since the start of the year, so looking forward to hearing more about how it's going and, and really the plans for the future from you guys. So thank you, Joe. Well, welcome to the to the room to Networking. Uh,
0: thank, thanks
1: for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Excellent. Well, really good to have you. Um, Really, so the, the first part I sort of want to jump in with you really is sort of, how did you sort of get to to where you are in your in your current career as as the advanced threat service team leader at Fujitsu? Where where did that all start?
0: Um, it, yeah, many years ago, um, sort of sort of eight eight nine years ago now. Um, as a fresh faced seventeen year old <laughs> coming back from school, um, I uh, I got an apprenticeship with um OGL Computer. Oh, yeah uh, many people might know them as, as obviously part of why have met now following the following the transition. Um, but yeah so Ogl um, were, we're happy to take me on essentially as a 17 as a year old apprentice um, that was doing a lot of well <laughs> everything really um in the in the sort of the 12 months as my apprenticeship was was spent moving around different departments. Um, so spent a bit of time in their workshop, um, spent a bit of time um, on their help desk, on the road, um, installations, etc. Um, and then, sort of six to eight months into that, they offered me a full-time role. So obviously, I finished the apprenticeship, but there would be a role at the end of it for when I
1: when I came out of it.
0: Um, and that was in their sort of the, their hosted division at the time, which was. At the time, um, my primary role was moving everyone from uh host of exchange. OGL had their own host of exchange at the time, um, Exchange 2010, um, but moving everything to Office 365 at that time. So, obviously, customers would then um, come in and say, oh, we want to move to 365, and then we'd build the platform. migrate all that stuff over and then help them for the sort of week or two weeks after to get rid of all, all the niggles, et cetera. Um so I spent a lot of time on the road, going around to sites, reconfiguring Outlook clients, <laughs> um, uh, doing all that sort of stuff. Um, I moved up a little bit after that um, to, to to essentially just be a team leader of that, really. Okay. So I was uh, more office based, more project management um, of that position. Um, and then probably two years of that, I think I did roughly, Um, when I moved to uh, installation role. um, So I think that's called delivery now. I think they've got that called, Um, which is uh, going out to site and just installing um, equipment that the customers have purchased. So printers, laptops, uh, desktops, essentially, that was what I did. Um, So I'd go down, get the old one, copy the data, move all the stuff across, reinstall it all, and set it all up again. Um I did that I didn't do that for very long. Um probably probably about a year is that, um, when I moved to uh, the help desk essentially. Um, right. so I became so I moved to just sitting on the help desk second line as, as I went in. So that was more of a desktop level, so um obviously just your regular desktop issues, printer issues, uh, basic firewall issues. Um and then i did I moved up from there, so just took the next step to their third line, which is their server level um, so that is just about it just essentially just blanket everything so you do everything um, that the desktop guys are doing, any escalations they they pass up to you if they couldn't fix it um, and then obviously you look at the more serious server issues, uh, more serious firewall issues, et cetera. So I did that for probably about a, probably about a year really, so I think I spent okay. about five years in total at OGL. Um and then I made the transition across um to CyberGuard, um, which is obviously OGL's um sort of cybersecurity sister branch company, um so to speak. Um so I and then I started off essentially at the bottom. Um I was first line um it was my very first experience of cyber security. I had no idea really what I was what I was doing. Um, so I spent first line was monitoring obviously the alerts that their products monitor. So um, obviously using their tech stack, um, just using the using the products, monitoring the alerts, um, looking for anything suspicious really. Um, and then I just moved on up through that. So became um, sort of the senior engineer there, and then um, their blue uh, essentially a, a team lead for the blue team. Um, which was uh, just managing the, the guys really. So I'd manage it as I'd be their manager. So any absences, holidays, sicknesses, all that sort of stuff I'd be doing. Um I'd be a customer relationship manager for any big clients. Um so sort of I'd, I'd pick them up about sixty, seventy percent of the way through the through the deployment and then I'd manage them all the way through then. So I had a seamless transition from deployment to um essentially just ongoing support um any sort of questions they had i'd be them i'd sort of deliver monthly meetings and things like that um and then obviously then as you mentioned i've moved to fidget at the start of the year um as a obviously advanced threat services team lead um which is very much what i was doing before um just a bit less of of the management side of things really so i'm more of a technical lead for um any projects going on, technical lead for obviously the escalations from the second and third line guys here, Um and then pretty, pretty much my day really that, so to speak. I, I'm not too much involved with any customers at the moment, but I've only been here sort of six weeks, so I'm sure, I'm sure that'll come at some point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, sure the reason you in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, excellent. I find it really fascinating. Obviously, you see a lot of guys coming from that sort of help desk route and then transitioning over in, into cybersecurity. But what sort of led to you making that change and sort of going into
0: cybersecurity? Um, I, I think for me, um, it was uh, brutally honest. I think it was just boredom, to be honest. Um, I spent a lot of time sort of doing the same calls, tickets, say day in, day out, um, which I think uh, well, to be honest, I, th- I know a lot of people will say, Well, that's the same in cybersecurity, you deal with the same things every day. Um, but it's a it it's a lot more different in cybersecurity. Yeah. Um obviously you you the the stakes are higher. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you sit on the help desk and you you're dealing with uh, someone's backup hasn't worked and you just tell them to employ- well, back in the background I was doing it, it was unplug the drive and replug the drive back in, make sure it's connected. Obviously now it's all sort of off-site cloud, so you don't have any of that. But, yeah, when I was doing it, it was make sure the USB is connected properly. Have you even plugged it in? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, all that sort of stuff. So that's sort of what I was doing day in, day out, really. Um, so it got a, bit, got a bit boring after a while. Um, so I, I, I obviously made the move across um, and... Obviously, you, know, you do deal with the same alerts um, pretty much every day in cybersecurity. Obviously, there's there's the option to tune them out and build them up and things like that. Um, but the basis, you know, you you see a lot of repetitive alerts. Um, but obviously, on the flip side of that, it's it, the stakes are a lot higher. If you yeah. you know, if you you've got, actually got to pay attention because if you miss something, you know, you miss ransomware on a customer. It's it's a lot bigger deal than. So, so someone's printer not working for a couple of hours. Um so yeah, I think the obviously the stakes are higher, it's a lot more interesting. Things change day in, day out with cybersecurity. There's you know, it might be the same alert but you'll have a different IOC or a different IP that you need to check out. Um, different TTP, the way they're the way they're working. Um and it's just I mean, in the in the three years I've been here it's evolved so much. Um you know back when i was, back when I started it was all sort of um malware and yeah. um you, you know that's what you're really worried about USB drives and things like that now it's all it seems to be phishing and um you know three six five is your biggest attack vector now really mailboxes compromises and things like that, and obviously everything cloud based um it is it's it's is evolving all the time obviously with everyone move into cloud-based servers and Azure, things like that. I imagine that will be the next attack vector of, of your servers in the cloud and things like that, and how to protect them. Um, because then obviously if you a compromised account, if you compromised admin account, then you've got access to uh, access to every, all the servers and everything. Um, yeah, so I, it, as I said, it's always, always evolving, always changing, which I think is the main reason I wanted to move. Um, it's just that constant, Every day, every day is a school day. Every day is learning. Um, and the the fact that you know you could check check the news multiple times and in, the, in a few hours there's another attack somewhere else and the, something else. In, a com- in, a com- in a completely different fashion.
1: <laughs> definitely so, definitely so. So and and really to to sort of carry on that from you say every day is a school day. Obviously you getting into even just the industry really obviously come down the the apprenticeship level and and worked your way up, but we see a lot more around the roots of specialist cybersecurity degrees and and that side of it in your opinion do you see it as a as a worthwhile degree of cyber to to getting into the cybersecurity space
0: um yes i mean i do um in my obviously in my personal experience it hasn't done me any harm in not getting one yep. um but i feel obviously with the industry at the moment is is short of Good talent. I mean, we, we all have. Obviously, you'll, you'll know that as a as a recruiter. Um, people are crying out for for cybersecurity engineers and cybersecurity analysts with experience. Um, so it's very it's very difficult for them to take a gamble on someone like me with any with no security experience now. Um, so yes, I, I do think it's worthwhile, but I wouldn't say if you haven't got one, you'll never get into the industry. There's yep. always that chance that someone will take the gamble on you. Um, I I do find that sort of the best analysts have technical background as well. Mm. Um, from my yeah. experience of obviously managing analysts and and working with people, um, they even if they don't have even if they don't come from a technical background, they understand the technical side of things. Um, I always find they sort of that things just sort of click with them. Yep. They they can understand how. How files can change and migrate around and rather than someone again this is this is the flip side of someone coming straight out of university with a cybersecurity degree doesn't have that experience um but they'll know more about cybersecurity than someone with a technical background so it's it, it's very sort of I wouldn't hinge I wouldn't recruit someone just because they've got a degree I look for more yep. experience and more things like that but Certainly, a cybersecurity degree doesn't harm if, if that's what people want to go down the route of. Um, if I was recruiting, I'd look at that and say, "Oh, okay, they they know what cybersecurity is, but we we'll would try and grill them a little bit on the technical background to make sure they understand they haven't just passed the passed the <laughs> past the uni uni degree. They actually have some some sort of technical background to follow that up, even if it's just sort of you know messing around at home and building something, and you know that that's. That's how I learned, really, um, sort of building computers back, back in, and fixing family and friends once for, <laughs> for free.
1: <laughs> no, no, definitely. So, and, and I'll be honest, we we see that now having placing a lot of graduates and coming in that, and there are now them, as we say, them specialist cybersecurity degree you can do three years just purely studying that, and and really the guys who I think do do well and do find the jobs. Are, are the ones that either do a placement year, whether it be go on a help desk, whether it go be working networking and do network engineering or or go and just leave university and start that route and actually understanding what they're protecting before they start looking at the protecting part, actually understanding how that core works and, and how the infrastructure works before we start looking at a security aspect
0: yeah hundred percent I, I I completely agree um as i said the technical background always makes people either they learn quick or they stand out to me um mm-hmm. if I was recruiting anyone definitely definitely so and really like for for your
1: transition almost like you you've done that part like how how would you sort of recommend it how would you sort of encourage someone in terms of that transition you
0: made from support to security um uh for me, um I think for me it was a little bit easier because um obviously the two companies are I could I could just easily speak to someone in there because I knew who they were. Um so I think for, yeah, I mean for me I I you know, I had that conversation. I knew what their tech stack was, so I spent a bit of time researching what they're you know, they obviously they're a big um Azure Central player, so I then obviously went away, looked at Azure Sentinel, look, did did sort of the, the free training. Um, I've obviously I've, I've passed my SC200 now, but I'd recommend that to uh, sort of SC900, SC200. But obviously you're sort of going down a bit more of an analyst route there. Um, yeah. But just to get into the industry, yeah, just just if you can find out what their sort of what their tech stack is and and just research that, show that you you have that um willingness to, to learn. Um because that that's a big thing um that people will look for when recruiting is just that if they've got the time, you know, people will always take on um people like me with no technical but with no sort of cyber cyber background. As long as you show that you've got the attitude and the willingness to, to learn it. Um so, I think that's a big thing um if you haven't got any sort of technical background attitude is is the next one that we would we would always look for um you know, I sort of picked up so I said as your center did the training, found out whatever everything else was, ran through the videos and the training and so when i so when I started, obviously I, I know I sort of already had the job but when i when I sat down on that first day, I already sort of knew what I was looking at um so it was easy enough for me to then. It was just sort of learning how they work then rather than learning how the product worked. Um I think that's probably the biggest advice I can give is is just learn, try and find out yeah. as much as you can about them before mm. before moving across. Or show or try and find out as much as you can before you have that conversation so you know they're already impressed with your attitude before you were uh, before you approach them.
1: Definitely so. and I think with with everything it's one thing you, you can't teach attitude. You can teach technical skills. You can you can teach someone how to do anything as yeah, long as they've got the yeah. the the want to learn and the want to know and the want to find out. And as you say, doing your homework is is a massive uh, advantage at that point and in evidence in that. But really, some of the best people I've ever known now have come in having never worked in a role and purely been trained because it was their passion. They they really did want to want to do well and want to strive and want to learn and that can't be underestimated now in terms of what we're looking for, and I think that would be a big gap. If I understand, as technical skills, we need people to have, but if we could take that approach, and with a cyber skills shortage we're having at the moment, I think if we we hire more people with the right attitude, it would start to close. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent.
1: No, excellent. Um, so more obviously, looking at your your role now in in Fujitsu So, so what does an average day look for you now in in like a a freight service team lead position.
0: Yeah, so at the at the moment I'm as I said I'm sort of just getting to grips with with my team at the moment, so um just finding out where sort of what their skill sets are, um what work they've got going on and how busy they are and whether whether they're too busy, and whether we need to re sort of readjust all the workload and what sort of external projects they have got going on and things like that. So at the moment as I said I'm still very new, so it's still trying to learn the way that Fujitsu were compared to the way CyberGuard worked before. Yes. Um, the way, obviously, the different products um, they've got a completely different tech stack here. Um, but obviously, we, we're trying to move in that, in that, in into that sort of um, Azure central path. So yes. it's it's sort of um, being project a bit of a technical project lead from obviously for my manager helping them out and, on those things um, going through sort of um, service guides and things like that and finding out if we've got any holes and doing gap analysis on customers and all that sort of stuff that you all that wonderful stuff that you do when you're new in with a fresh set of eyes on, on existing products at the moment um, but obviously moving forward uh, once all things are settled down it, it should just be um as I said, that technical lead really. So uh, helping the third line and second line teams out, um, with any sort of escalations for alerts they've got, um, as being that being that sort of help to um the, the projects ongoing. So any sort of I imagine once once this project's finished another one will be there, which I'll I'll take some time over. Um helping um I am in the process just about to sort of go through some i are um training myself so excellent i mean hopefully <laughs> i say hope you know you want to do it but hopefully hopefully it never happens that you have to, uh, have to dust off the, the book to go through the, you know, the <laughs> response um but yeah so i mean that's that's the sort of stuff that i'll be i'll be doing um not quite not quite as manager and um, just more of a technical team lead these days um so uh, I I'll leave, I'll leave the rest to my manager to deal with all the uh, all the manager and people stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do, do the manager bits. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um. Yeah. So more more obviously now the the skills and and we probably touched on slightly on this in terms of coming in but in like into the industry and into the sector. But what do you sort of believe are, are some of the most important skills? To have a career in cyber, and and actually, I'd, I'd probably look at that once you're within it. What what's some of the real good skills we look for people when they're when they're in the role?
0: Um. So yeah, I mean, sort of the things we look for. Um. A big, obviously, we mentioned sort of having that technical skill set if you've got it. Um. Pat, attitude, really, but a big one we do look for is passion. Um. Yeah. Passion for cybersecurity is is a huge one. Um. I, it, it, well, we 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 know that this sort of industry is relentless. It's non-stop, You know, it's it's not nine to five. It's twenty four seven. People attack all the time. Um, it it can it can drain you. Um, which which is obviously what we are you know we it's very very easy to get burnout in cybersecurity, which is quite which I, I think is is why we we do have that sort of industry gap is people come in try it and think oh this isn't for me um and then leave um but if you've got the passion for it um which obviously i I, I certainly have i mean i spend my time i spend my downtime, you know listening to podcasts and reading um news websites and just trying to keep on top of everything that's going on if you can if you can show that um it was one of the big questions we actually asked in um, sort of when we were recruiting for for cyber, I don't know if they still do, but it was one of the one of the questions I asked when I was recruiting is, is do you listen to any podcasts? Do you listen to watch any yeah, news? Sure. And if if people could come back and say, yeah, I listen to this, and these are the latest threats and stuff, it was it was like oh, brilliant, you know, I I I don't have to tell you the latest threats, you already, you already know them. Yeah. Um, if people can recite sort of the latest um attacks or vulnerabilities or. You know, if pe- if people went to if I I've I've interviewed a couple of people where I've sat down and I've gone, oh, what's the sort of can you just name me a, a latest vulnerability and they've gone, no, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Whereas someone else I could, they can reel off WannaCry and log 4 J and um, you know, all the other ones solar solar winds etc. and that just shows to me that that's that's a clear difference in in two people. They could have exactly the same skill set on C V but there's only one person I'm gonna be recruiting out of the two. Um so yeah, passion's a huge one for me. Um and I think I think that's sort of it really, te- sort of that technical skill set, attitude and passion. Obviously the willingness to learn and embrace it and understand that it's a relentless, hard industry um to to work in. Um but obviously the the rewards and the satisfaction are, are there as well. Um which, which is, you know, sort of why, why most of us are still <laughs> with a lot less hair and still here. <laughs> <things. laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, definitely so. And I completely make you right. Obviously, that that passion and that interest ultimately, just like anything, gives you a head start, gives you a bit of a blueprint. What are we facing? What could there be out there? What what could be an issue? Definitely. But I say this is this is more. One, I am I'm, I'm going to throw you a. A slight off off piece one here, <laughs> but I, I speak to um, speak to many analysts uh, within it, and it always interests me in terms of like ticket resolution and and the sort of speed and the quota these guys go through and, and do these. So, what really then separates the the good ones from the really good ones? Like, what's actually what are they doing differently?
0: Um, I think it's just it yeah. So it's very it's very easy, obviously to I mean. We speak to certain analysts that you know deal with so many tickets a day, but they're not really. They're just sort of just ticking through them. They're just oh, that's false positive, false positive. Whereas the 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 good ones, the ones you know, the people that stand out are the ones that pick that up and go, why is this happening? What can we do yeah. to stop it? Um, rather than just sitting there and saying, oh, I've closed fifty tickets today, forty-seven of them are for the same thing. Um, you know, you pick it up. You escalate it. You have you ask why is it happening? How can we stop it? Is this okay to tune out so we don't have to see it again to reduce the workload? Yeah, it's all that sort of that next step of things that right. you want to look at. So, so the ones the really good people, um, you know, I'd, I'd say pick those things up, ask the questions. Don't just close what's in front of you. They go that next step to say why, yeah, why, and how can we stop it, and also you know, that they'll come to you and say, Oh, I've had this idea. Um because they're the pe you know, as much as us, you know, team leads and managers try to make things easier, we can't we can't do anything um without sort of people asking questions of it. Because if people if no one asks any questions, everyone's happy. We think everything's happy. Yeah, you know, we look we look at the metrics, you know, and we we can we can say yeah, we can say things are busy, um, but if we don't know, you know, without Sitting down with the, one of them for hours, you yeah. don't know why it's busy and what's going on, so without them coming to us and playing a big part in how we how we make things easier for them um, so that, that that they're the really good analysts that I look for um yeah always asking sort of asking questions of you and how what can I do what can I learn um, in yeah. my downtime what can I research you know how can I get to that next level um they're they're the really good people for me. Oh, no, excellent.
1: Excellent. Oh, really, really good to hear that.
0: Enjoying the conversation so far? Interested in following a similar career path? Why don't you take a look at our jobs page, where you'll find your next opportunity. Head to www.hamilton-barns.com forward slash jobs.
1: And and for you, obviously, we talked about um, concerns and we touched on slightly the, the new vulnerabilities that are, that are coming out and always evolving. But what do you think is the, the biggest concern in the security space that is happening
0: right now. Uh, well, the, the big one at the moment is uh, chat, uh, thingy, chat um, GPT, isn't it, and <laughs> AI yes. and all that sort of stuff, um, which I think is is the big, con- well, the yeah. big concern for everyone in, in security at the moment is. Yes, it's it's brilliant for you know you writing your writing your algorithms and writing your rules, you know you put something in it takes a few hours takes that five minutes and it's done, but it it's all about I think you know it's all about what if it you know what if it becomes learns a little bit and becomes a bit more self-sufficient and what what data does it have access to and you know obviously the only reason it knows those answers is because someone else has told it the answers in in the past or things like that you know it learns from other responses and builds up Um, so there's always that concern um, that one day. You know, what if what if it becomes capable of writing its own malware code and dropping it, um, yeah. or something like that? I mean, it's you know you're talking sort of years, years in the future, really. Um, but I think AI is is a big one to be concerned about, um, and the big <laughs> the biggest concern, uh, one of them is age old is is just users really, um, is just yeah, is people unwilling to. You know, set up multi-factor because it's too much effort for them to have two more clicks. Um, it takes too much time of their day to then press yes or no, or um, you know. So it's you know, we're always cyber security is all about you know. Yes, we make things a little bit more difficult, but we, we're not doing it for the fun. We're doing it to protect to protect you essentially. Um, so so I think users. Um, are always and always will be the biggest concern um you can have everything you can have every every sort of security product in the world but if someone willingly hands their password over or someone willingly says yes to a login that's not them you're always going to have holes um so i think you know the correct correct uh, well you can i'm going to say correct user training but you could you could put them through hours and hours of user training you'll still have the same problem but yeah, I mean, user training and and um, obviously using products like um, Nova 4 is a good one for obviously the fish, simulated fishing campaigns and things like that. Um, the, it, those, those are the big ones that people will need to need to in, in, invest in really. Um, train, train your staff um, because otherwise it's, it's more than likely the whole, although it will come through that member of staff that hasn't been trained. Um, as, as I said, everyone sort of focuses on on patching servers, and upgrading, um, you know, putting the best the best uh, protection around their entire server network and everything like that. But yeah, as I said, if someone just clicks yes on an email that's not them, um, it doesn't take the the threat actor that long to get in and then send a million emails to everyone else in that contact list. And before you know it, that he's compromised another company somewhere else and he's gone. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, so it, it obviously sends he sends emails out to cover his tracks, which are then dropped malware on somewhere. So it's I mean, with you'd like to think that with sort of the latest antivirus of Defender Endpoint and things like that, the, the malware won't be too much of a problem. Um, and it's just sort of the compromised mailbox, which obviously is a big concern depending on who it is and depends on what emails they send if that's financial data and things like that, but. I'm not too in. in I mean, such a word. Um, I haven't seen too many um, sort of major IRs recently. Yeah. Um, they're all sort of. They're all sort of been like email compromises, which we've just reset the password and, um, re, you know, or set up MFA if they haven't got it and things like that. Um, so hopefully, with with all the all the sort of the modern tools, they do get stopped before they get to that next level. Um, yeah, users. Users and AI, I think, are gonna be the...
1: <laughs> No, definitely. So and, and you touched on it completely in terms of the users and the user training. I think the the person who ever cracks the um you can train someone, but how much he's retained and how much yeah. he's actually kept in and put into practice, I think that's the the part that if someone cracks that and could get in, just increase the amount of that, it's you're on to a winner really, then aren't you? Once yeah. once you've done the training, it's then the, the application of it.
0: Yeah, which I think, which I think potentially may, may change. Um, obviously, with with the with the younger generation coming through, yeah. with everyone being surrounded by sort of emails and um, sort of mobile devices through, throughout their entire life, they understand obviously that everything is everything's a threat. Um, rather than sort of the, I mean, I'm going to sound terrible, but the older generation that that, that don't. Um, but you know, it's 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 always going to be a risk no matter who's there. But hopefully, it'll reduce that risk. The more we can put in, the more we can implement. Um, obviously, with with the new um sort of the, the new Microsoft um multi-factor as well, which is that number matching. Um, obviously, it requires you to actually match the number on the screen. So yeah. it's not just a simple oh yes, this was me or you. Just um obviously. Obviously, SMSs can be can be hacked and things like that, but the number matching hopefully um, will, will reduce that sort of um, accident. You know, you can just accidentally click yes, this is me, and they're in and things like that. Um, so hopefully, with with modern improvements um, and tighter security recommendations, obviously, obviously, I'd all, I'd always recommend looking at an external stock as well to uh, <laughs> to manage it cause, because because you know, for example if if you've got you know you can ingest sort of fifty gig a day um into central just roughly off the top of your head. Um there's there's no way an an internal IT member of staff can, can look at all those alerts plus alongside dealing with all their everyday um everyday jobs of uh, being an on the on site or on site help desk. Um it's it's just too much just too much to go through. You might be able to look at them but do you really understand? Or you just or you just closing the alert essentially to get it off the off the stack. Um yeah, so I obviously I'd always recommend um getting a SAC or at least getting a, a, a genuine security personnel on board to understand if you've got those security products and how to use them and how to utilize them to their full potential is always gonna is always gonna protect you in the long run. Yeah,
1: definitely. So and as you say, it comes down to just there's only so many hours in a the day. There's only one, one pair of eyes in
0: the tunnel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they then, clock uh, off. They have their with that, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. With that, with that um, on-site help desk, are they, are they sort of, you know, nine to five who's yeah. monitoring it after because I can guarantee most attacks won't happen nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> They're always coming in the morning. You're always coming in the morning and you'll be like, oh, something's happened. Um, It'll always be late at night or in the early hours where someone someone will try and, uh, try and hit you. Or even that's on the wonderful Christmas day.
1: Yes, yes. So that's uh, <laughs> f- f- thank God you guys are never off. Thank God it's twenty four seven.
0: Yeah, thank God we've always got some people. Uh, some people, unfortunately, you know, give up <laughs> their time to to work for it.
1: No, excellent, excellent. And um, we obviously tapped tapped on the um, the technology in the future with with chat GPT and AI and and things like that, but. What sort of technology do you think is going to have the biggest impact on the cybersecurity industry
0: going forward? Um, yeah, I think I think AI will probably be the big one. Um, yeah. But obviously, you, things like um, uh, UEBA, so obviously entity behavior, analytics and machine learning and all that sort of stuff, um, rather than sort of AI itself, all yeah. that sort of entity behavior, monitoring and machine learning, um, that ability that will we'll take an analyst hours and hours to go through all these IPs and correlate whether they're good or bad. can be done over, you know, it'll just be done by AI in the background. It'll correlate them all for you and, and that sort of stuff. With, the, with you know, you're dealing with sort of a, a billion logs, you know, a, a month or et cetera. Um, it's too much for a single person to read through. And if you did, I, I certainly wouldn't want that job of reading through a billion logs each month. Um but obviously the, the as I said, the, the machine learning side of things I think will be the biggest biggest impact for us. Um and as that grows and gets bigger, hopefully it gets quicker and we can have sort of near real time um alerts and sort of near real time responses to uh to that. I also think sort of like automation as well. Um anything to make, you know, anything to make our job a little bit easier. Um, you know, if we're seeing certain things, maybe at the click of a button we can just isolate that machine, et cetera, without having to go through the random steps. And um I think as, as playbooks get bigger and automation gets bigger, as I said, Sentinel sort of Sentinel's growing um compared to where it was a couple of years ago. It's 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 growing massively. Um so I think I'm very excited um to see what Sentinel brings in the future. Um so obviously with the, the new content hub and the community hooking into it, et cetera. So you get a lot more that's not just built from Microsoft, but more built from the Microsoft community. So you get a lot, a lot more, get a lot more data for that. Whether they end up charging you for that or not is it is a is a typical Microsoft thing that we'll have to wait and see how they uh, how they do it. But um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I am excited to see how. I mean, I, I know I mentioned the Microsoft, but it's pretty much the only one that I I use. So. Um, yeah very excited to see how we go from from here really um and how that hooks into to different things etc
1: no definitely so and, and i think more if we take sense of just the product in terms of the the uptake of that technology across the the two years um that we've seen is
0: pretty much it right, seems yeah. Yeah.
1: eight seven right.
0: eight out of ten yeah, firms crazy. are now using it yeah clearly. um yeah i mean just linking back to the, the CyberGuard days, it was crazy. We had, you know, we had installs non-stop. It was just, it was just mega, really. Um, yeah. either, either, I mean, either people with, with no security or, or wanting to move in their existing one. Um, yeah. is yeah. Sentinel's definitely that. I think that Sentinel is definitely the big player um, or, the, or the biggest player at the moment. Um, and I think a couple of other teams have got a bit of catching up to do to, uh, to get up, to get back on that level, but then it's it always brings the downside that it is hosted by Microsoft and no one really ever knows what's going on inside I mean obviously take example for all their their sort of um defender for Endpoint and their name changes or everything's under the three six five defender um, defender product and no one really understands the license I don't even think Microsoft internally understand the licensing um you know, you've got different plans for different defenders, and you can only have this one with this one, or this one's included in premium, but you can't install it on this device. And so I think you know, it's yeah, central central's the big the big player, and I think it's brilliant in what it does. Um, and hopefully it just stays as stays like it is, and Microsoft don't make any sort of changes and, <laughs> and ruin it.
1: Complicate it,
0: yeah, definitely. No, <laughs> so. <laughs> so
1: excellent. Um. So more from, from you, if you could sort of take you back now to to your 16-year-old self, your, your apprenticeship days as such. So sort of what advice would you be looking to give someone looking to really pursue this as a career now in, in cybersecurity?
0: I don't know, really. That's a very good question. Um, I I think I'd just say, obviously, just, just, just do it, essentially. Um, yeah. I, I'd obviously explain pretty much everything I've already said already, that it is hard, it is difficult. Um, some days you do... You you log off and your head is is essentially your brain's coming out of your ears and melting. Um, you 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 know some days are terrible, but some days you know at the end of it all, um, you know we're, we're protecting we're protecting people, we're yeah. protecting people. You know it's so, all so easy for one attack to shut down an entire company, and they will never see you know you got people out of jobs and you've got money down the drain for those people because. If they don't have the right security you've got you know they everything gets encrypted they've got no backup or their backup gets encrypted they've got no way of getting that back it's either pay the money and hope that they give you an encryption key um or just shut down and cease trading really um so i mean that that's the reality and i think that's what i that's what i enjoy well i say enjoy that's the risk that i enjoy dealing with on a day to um so yeah, I think to my 16 year old self or anyone young wanting to get in the industry, it is difficult. It is hard, but the rewards um, and the sort of the gratitude you get from people um, outweighs outweighs the difficulty yeah. um, that, that you deal that you do have to deal with. No,
1: no, that's excellent. Excellent. Really, really good to hear it. I'm sure everyone listening's. Uh really interesting in terms of actually what what is at stake and as you say what what you see day to day and um this is now moving this is my, always my favorite question I, I love asking this um so this is so if you, if you could sort of put yourself in my shoes now you're you're hosting this is there any sort of particular question you would have asked yourself or any topic that you would sort of bring up
0: really um i don't think so not not at the moment um obviously I don't, there's not too much such words again there's not too much going on in the world at the moment which is which is um i don't know whether it's a blessing or a curse or whether something's coming along um obviously it's been sort of been a while since any sort of major vulnerability or a major sort of issue at the moment obviously we have the ones day-to-day that we have to deal with and things like that but Obviously, everyone's different. Obviously, if you I know fortunate might have some and things like that, I and mean, you think I was major, but it hasn't affected it hasn't affected myself or my my position at the moment. Whereas, obviously, like a couple of years ago, I loved j real well, I'd sleepless nights for about two months. Uh, <laughs> um, so I don't think no, I don't think there's anything at the moment, any sort of pressing thing that I'd bring up or, or ask any different to this. Uh, well well
1: long, long may it continue and uh excellent um and now this moves on to, to the final part of our, our podcast that we like to cover with every guest on here so this is the, the quick fire quick fire section um
0: so really what's what's the nerdiest piece of technology that you own at the moment I've sort of sca- <laughs> I've tried to scale back a little bit, to be honest. I uh, I used to be I used to be terrible. Um, you know, I'd have sort of four screens everywhere, and yeah. it looked like some looked like NASA if you walked in here. There'd be <laughs> screens everywhere. Um, but I've sort of scaled back, really. Um, it's probably not even nerdy, but obviously, I, I I probably I probably the most technical technical thing I, I run in in the house is. It's probably the full sort of mesh Wi-Fi sort of network. Um yeah. So you've got full, you've got a lot of smart technology as well. So you know, sort of heating and <laughs> lights, and yeah. I am looking at a kettle, but I think that's just a bit too lazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, probably the full, the full mesh smart sort of home with with full Wi-Fi in every room and sort of unbreakable that sort of stuff. I think is is probably the nerdiest part. Um, I think so now, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've, I've got rid of all my sort of my Cali stuff that I, I used to have. <laughs> no, I, I think you should definitely invest in the kettle. That
1: sounds uh, that, that sounds like the
0: way yeah, to go. Yeah, I, I want yeah. to. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I keep thinking, is it, is it too lazy? You know, <laughs> I, I quite like the thought of, of getting up in the morning, of just waking up and sort of saying, Alexa, good morning. And part of the routine is flick the kettle on, so it's already boiled, but i time we to go downstairs. See, but then um, I'm just thinking, is, is it is it really <laughs> worth it where I could just walk past and turn it on and wait two minutes?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. You're saving time. We're always, yeah. uh, the more so time I'm you can top, get, yeah. the
0: better. <laughs> yeah, especially, because you my luck, I'll probably forget to fill it and I'll just end up being, it'll just end up being an hour or or something. Yeah, um, that is uh, the, the yeah. cast
1: 22. <laughs> 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 no, excellent. Um so, what
0: was the the first computer you ever owned? Uh, first computer I ever owned, probably. I had a desktop actually. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember the specs really, but I, all I remember is it had Windows XP, so oh, yeah. it wasn't. What it, it probably wasn't great. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a a desktop with one of those um the big fat monitors that you used to get um. Yeah. The big white big deep ones. Um yeah, push button to start in the, in the, yeah. on the screen. Um everything yeah, everything was wired. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: I think it's probably, it's probably I think it probably had about fifteen meg of RAM in it or something like that, probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Be wait waiting half hour for it to do anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> no excellent. Um and now this this is completely unrelated this is This could be related to technology or, or anything uh, like as far as we can we can go really so what do you think of when you think of success what what springs to mind
0: uh, so I suppose success in my opinion um I suppose it I suppose it's just having that for, for me I guess would be would be um sort of a couple of, you know maybe a bit higher up the ladder a couple more people oh, working under me Bit more sort of free time, um you know, you s- sort of just dropping in and out, but things won't break when you're not there. That that sort of I suppose that freedom really, um yeah. you know, you're only called upon if you need to make a decision, <laughs> rather <laughs> than when, rather than I'm called upon if something's broken at the moment. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> um, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I think that that's the main part of success. I think I think I'd be happy. Um, uh, sort of just dropping in and out, and but I think that's a few, years, a few years down the line, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, were to strive for,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Excellent. Um, and now we're going to take you back to school. So, your your favorite subject when you was at school,
0: <laughs> um, I'm not sure I had one to learn, so I hated school. Um, well, <laughs> I suppose IT, um, I did yeah. study IT all the way through, um, but excluding IT, um, probably. You know, sort of PE was was a big one for me. I I do struggle. Sort of sat down. I sort of have to walk around every every couple of hours or so. Well, every sort of every half an hour or so. You know, quite a quite an energetic sort of person. Um, but yeah, I I did enjoy um, science as well. I Wasn't too bad oh, yeah. for sort of physics, physics and physics and um, biology. I couldn't couldn't get my head around chemistry at all. Chemistry was probably right. my, my worst subject. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm great at biology or or physics, but um, yeah, I I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, excellent, excellent. And now we're going to take you back to to your kettle as well. So, <laughs> how many coffees you on a day?
0: A lot less now than when I used Good. to work shift. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I when I was working shift, of sort of six six in the morning till six till two or sort of two till ten was a lot. Um, I probably have a couple, to be honest. I I'd, I'd try not to drink anything after twelve o'clock, as I say, and things like that. Sometimes I fail, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do have a, I do have a nice fancy, uh, well, not a fancy one, just a, I think it's just a Nescafe one downstairs of, of the coffee pods. I'm not, I'm not all, I'm not on the, uh, not on the big barista set no. yet. Uh, <laughs> 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 I have too much effort for home life, isn't it? Having a bit of yeah, a big barista coffee set um but no i probably have sort of two three maybe maybe four on a tired on a, on a monday morning
1: that's it treat yourself <laughs>
0: <laughs> no excellent
1: well joe it's been, it's been a real pleasure having you on um and hearing, hearing all about your your journey and, and now your time at Fujitsu and really what's next for you um thank you for coming on the the route to networking and um yeah there'll be a be a link to Below that we can check out Joe and get contact for for anything which would be, uh, be really good. But um, but yeah, thank you, thank you very much again. Been been no a pleasure. Problem. Thank you for having me. Hamilton Barnes, thanks you for
0: listening to today's episode. Whether you're looking for that next big opportunity or looking for like-minded people to join your team, we'd love to hear from you. So please don't be shy. Get in contact. We look
1: forward to hearing from you. Call us on 0207 808 1415 or email us at Hello at Hamilton-Barnes.com.